Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Kegolazo Weekend Preview International Summer Frenzy Time. I'm your host, Luis Miguel Echegaray, and we got Jimmy Conrad, our betting king, to give us so much on Euro 2020, including England, Scotland, Portugal, Germany. We have Copa America as well as Argentina face Uruguay. We have so much action, so many betting tips. You want to stay tuned for this one. Kegolazo begins right now. Saturday on CBS at 1 p.m. Eastern of Sports begins with the Bill Pickett Invitational Rodeo Showdown, followed by WNBA Summer Hoops. Then at 4 p.m. Eastern, turn to the pitch for the NWSL. In primetime at 8 p.m. Eastern, the green flag is out for Superstar Saturday night and race two of the Camping World SRX Series on the dirt track at Knoxville Fairgrounds in Iowa. A jam-packed Saturday of sports, Saturday on CBS. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kigo Lasso. This is our sort of summer international weekend preview. Jimmy Conrad, what's up, man? How are what's you? What's up, LME? Great to see you and great to at least envision all the beautiful faces that are listening to us right now. So absolutely. All in one line. Welcome, everybody, to Kigo Lasso. This is our Euro 2020 preview for the weekend and also some Copa America action as well. Jimmy Conrad here, obviously, to give us our best betting tips as we will go down the line. Jimmy, how are you enjoying everything? How's the week going so far? We're seeing you a lot of each other on HQ and stuff. Yeah, it's been great. Obviously, a lot of great games and been impressed with some performances and have been less impressed with some others. I'm looking at you, Turkey. And on the positive side, I'm looking at you, Italy. Excellent, excellent performances so far. They seem to have a history, Italy, of maybe underperforming uh, at, at certain major competitions, but it looks like they've got the goods. There's just something about this Italian squad. Now, maybe I just jinxed some apologies to everybody out there that supports Italy. But, but yeah, I've been really impressed uh, on both sides, I guess, both negatively and positively. No, absolutely. Uh, after France, Italy, to me, are the team to watch in Euro 2020. But we begin with our weekend preview of a lot of action. And let's go with England against Bonnie Scotland Latte. <laughs> People are loving slash uh, not loving slash trolling my Scottish accent. I don't care. Hey, Jimmy, England, Scotland on Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Euro 96 vibes in this one. Talk to me about this game, man. Well, yeah, this is the biggest and oldest rivalry. I don't say biggest might be a stretch and we could argue that one, but the oldest rivalry in football at the very least. Uh, this game, obviously, for a lot of different reasons, has very big implications. As you mentioned with the 1996 Euros, this is the last time they met in a major competition was then. And England famously won 2-0 in that particular game. This is tough. I know Scotland was one of your dark horses. They were one of mine to do something. I thought they came out flat. I thought they came out uninspired against the Czech Republic. They also gave up the goal potentially of the whole tournament for Patrick Schick. So I just don't know which version of Stephen Clark's team 
we're going to see. You know, I just think they have a lot of work to do against the England team who maybe didn't look all that inspiring against Croatia in their first match day, but they were very good defensively. And that makes me a bit worried for Scotland, who did have some chances against the Czechs. I'm not going to say they didn't have anything, but it, it, uh, it makes me a little bit concerned uh, for them. Now, England have uh, been victorious in their last seven matches in all competitions and only conceded once during that run. And we have to take into consideration when we look at the game day roster for England against Croatia, Ben Chilwell didn't even make the bench. Yeah. And either did Jaden Sancho. I mean, that's how deep this team is. So I'm kind of curious to see what Gareth Southgate goes with in this one. Also, there has to be some implications because we could see Czech Republic and England both having six points after this match day and then playing each other on that last one. And then whoever gets second will dodge everybody in Group F. But but if they win the group, they get the second place team in Group F, which is just as a reminder, Portugal, Germany, France, uh, and Hungary. Hungary, sorry, thanks for coming. But the other three, you don't want to face either one of those three. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, you obviously you want to win. You want to book your ticket. You want to take a breath for that last match day. Maybe rotate your squad so you're fresh for the round of 16. But this is, this is a tough one. I, I don't know if Jack Grealish is going to play. I, I think he missed a, a missed training recently. Harry Maguire just uh, apparently announced himself to be fit, which I love when the players do it and not the team. I'm fit, everyone. I'm fit. So, <laughs> so K- Kieran Tierney missed against Czech Republic. Obviously, him coming back, he had a bit of a calf issue. He's still questionable. If he comes back in, I think that makes a difference uh, for sure. But I just, I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see anything other than England doing the business in the one this this one and the fact that the games at Wembley I don't know if we talk about that enough but that kind of feels unfair that that some of these countries have these significant home field advantages so uh, I don't know what are your thoughts no I, there's a lot of points here that I agree with you I think the home uh, advantage does does help in these situations maybe not in every venue uh, but definitely in these situations listen and to your point and by the way uh, Croatia plays Czech Republic earlier 12 p.m. Eastern as well and before that Sweden Slovakia but obviously focusing a little bit more on England Scotland a few things I think you said it earlier in another episode where Scotland's going to play their absolute best against England whatever other fixture they have going Scotland they're going to go all out uh, against England so I imagine a less uh, flat performance against the three Lions John McGinn uh, Scott McTominay. And if Kieran Turney returns, of course, that will help them a lot. To your point about the England setup, that's what I'm really intrigued by. What's going to happen with Jack Grealish has to be part of this Euro 2020 journey. It's absolutely insane. They did the business against Croatia, but it was a one nothing. It wasn't spectacular. And to your point, defensively, they were very good. I thought Tyron Minks deserved a lot of uh, credit for that performance. But if Harry Maguire returns to action, obviously a few more things to play. You mentioned Jaden Sancho, not even featuring at all. That's incredible to me. Jaden Sancho, obviously a tremendous talent. So it's about what kind of lineup Gareth Southgate wants to do. I'm imagining Scotland, it's not so much as going to park the bus, but they're going to try and disrupt rhythm. So you have to figure out what's going to happen in the midfield. And this is a moment where players like Jack Grealish are going to be key because they not only produce magic, they like they like to control and conduct the flow of the game. So that's going to be an interesting one for me. I'm wondering, what do you think? Uh, in terms of the training, by the way, with Jack Grealish, they're being very cautious because of the shin injury. Mm-hmm. You know, they're taking their time and they have a specific plan in training for Euro 2020 for Grealish, which is why you didn't see him with the team in specific days. Whether he starts or not, I, I don't know. I mean, Raheem Sterling obviously scored that winner against uh, Croatia. So does he start again? Harry Kane obviously would lead the point. I don't know. Many question marks for this England setup, Jimmy. 
Yeah, I think the one note that I would bring into this one is Kieran Trippier started at left back, a right footer playing on the left side against Croatia. And obviously Gareth Southgate and his staff saw something. You know, Trippier can do something there that's going to help benefit the team overall. But attacking wise and in terms of balance and being able to play out of difficult situations on that side of the field, Trippier is not going to be your guy who's primarily a right footer on the left side. I think that Trippier will come out. I think Luke Shaw will come in and I think that will automatically England will just move the ball around a little bit better, I think. To to so that's my only only change. I think everything else is going to stay the same. Obviously, Calvin Phillips is my man of the match. I think man he's going to Fantastic. Stay, stay, stay in the middle with with Declan Rice. So if we want to get into transfer stuff, you could pay ninety million for Declan Rice. You could probably go get Calvin Phillips for forty five to fifty million from Leeds, and yeah. he arguably <laughs> played a little bit better than Declan Rice. Just something to throw out there. <laughs> I I I I think Grealish is probably a player that. You know, as Scotland continues to commit energy to to disrupting this flow and to sitting back and fighting and scrapping, they're going to get tired. And at, at, to your point, Jack Grealish is excellent at finding and exploiting those gaps and weaknesses and vulnerabilities in teams. So maybe you bring him on in the 60th minute, you know, give him 30 minutes to really try to poke and prod the Scottish defense to see if he can go on and win the game. And really, that's what I want everybody to consider because I'm trying to find some value on William Hill with this game. And England are so... I don't. I think William Hill's based in the, uh, you know in England, so <laughs> it's like it's so one-sided to England. I don't even it's know what to Aaron make. It's Aaron Southgate doing the the the, the lines there, Jimmy. It's, it is so. I'm trying to find some positive value for everybody to do this. I think I think it's going to be tight. You might be able to talk me out of this, but but England to win in under two and a half goals plus one ninety five. I could see a one zero. We could see a replication of the nineteen ninety six Euros in the group stages, but that was two zero to England. If you think England are going to just smash them or that Scotland will score, maybe it's a 2-1 or a 3-1. England to win in over two and a half goals is plus 103. Not as fun. I do think, though, that Harry Kane's going to get a couple good looks. We saw Patrick Schick actually have tremendous success against Scotland, whether they're whipping balls into the box or yeah. making good timed runs in behind. And we'll see if Harry Kane's got a 50-yard chip in his, in his toolkit there. But Harry Kane to score first, plus 225. I'm looking at that a little bit. And then if I want to look at Habs, if you try to decide which half England's going to win, if you think they're going to win both halves, that's plus 215. But to your point, I think Scotland's going to dig in and be very difficult to break down, especially in the first 45 minutes. So if you think the draw in the first half and then England goes on to win in the second, which is where I'm kind of leaning, that's plus 295. If you think England are just going to come out and try to smash them right from the get-go and then lock things down in the second half, so England wins first half, draw second half, it's plus 390. No, so I'm going for that former, Jimmy. I like that. I think it's going to be tight at the beginning. And the last three games with England, by the way, they beat Austria 1-0, Romania 1-0, Croatia 1-0. Right, right, right. I mean, there definitely is an emphasis on defending, and you can feel it. When he starts to double pivot, you already know that's what's going to happen. You have the back four, and you have Phillips and Declan Rice in front. I mean, yeah. you're really relying on Sterling and Foden and Harry Kane to really pull the strings and and hope something happens there. Do you see a difference I, in that trio, Phil Foden, Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling? In terms of in terms of what? Just starting. Do you see like do you see no, any? No, no. Like- I think I think he'll roll it out again. And my sense is this: they get a result in this one, and then if, especially if they win, they can not that they can take it easy in the last group game, but they can then rotate the squad, and then you can maybe try a different look to see who could be sharp and ready to go. Yeah. Whether that's Jaden Sancho or or somebody else, I'll be really surprised if Jaden Sancho doesn't make the bench in this one. I could see him coming on and proving to be a difference maker as well if the game's tight. You know, him coming on late, just like Jack Grealish, to either ice the game or, or to, to, to find a way to poke through that Scottish defense. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Now, you guys know, I've kind of got on this trend. I think a trend I've started within my own mind. But exact scores, there are crazy value. So if you guys want to go exact scores, 
is the favorite line on William Hill. It's plus 400. So you could put 10 bucks on that. Okay, Luis. You okay. could go one zero England. You could put 10 bucks on that. It's 440. So you'd win 44 bucks. If you want to go uh, three zero, which I don't think is going to happen, plus 625. But okay, whatever. I'll put $10 on that. Or you could go two one England because I think England's that's the one win. I like. That's plus, seven, plus 750. Yeah, you that's, can, you, that's crazy. <laughs> you could bet all four of those. And you obviously hope that the two one hits because it has the best value for you. But even if it hits two zero, you're like, all right, well, you break even, but you took the risk and didn't really risk anything at all. Right. So, yeah. so what's that, that? I mean, what is our tip of this show? The eternal tip, chances of probability, you just put 10 bucks on each. I'm going, listen, the last three games, one, nothing to England. So you could do that easily. You could also say that they're going to punch them in the face straight away. And it could be three, nothing for England. I don't think that's happened. I go back to your tip at the beginning, tied at the beginning in the first half, nil, nil. And then in the second, it gets more interesting. I do see a Scotland goal. I don't, um, maybe it's just a late one, right? England's winning to nothing. They like relax a little bit and then Scotland gets a late one. So it makes it a little bit dramatic at the end. I do kind of see that happening. I'm sticking with 2-1, but I would not be surprised if a one nothing happens once again for the fourth time in a row. Yeah, I think with regard to Scotland's, maybe Che Adams will start this one. And I think that he would always help. sneaks I, one, man. He does. He's very good at getting on the end of things. He finds himself in good spots. It's just a matter of whether you're having your finishing boots on when you do get that one or two opportunities that England might give you. But yeah, I think the value of the draw in the first half, England winning the second half plus 295 is good. I actually would throw out the 3-0 exact scoreline. I'll keep 2-0, 2-1, and 1-0. And, and I, I think I'm going to walk away feeling pretty good about those three bets in particular. But Any I wouldn't scores? Anyone in the scoring? Well, Harry, Harry Kane to score first plus 225. I, I like, I feel like just given what I saw in the Scottish defense when I broke down their game a little bit more, I do think if, especially if Luke Shaw comes in, they're going to be able to hit crosses from both sides in a more meaningful way with all due respect to Kieran, Kieran Trippier's uh, left foot, you know, and I just think they're going to find themselves in, in better spots and, and Harry Kane making those runs, you know, I think he'll get on the end of something again, whether he finishes those or not, that's something different, but I think there's going to be chances out there. There's going to be goals. The Scotland, them scoring is tough. It's really tough, Luis. So, they could do it. That's why I threw the 2-1 in there as a possibility. But I think England win this, and then they're going to be cruising into the round of 16. Yep, I agree. And once again, we gave you a lot of options for you to uh, have. So, you know, uh, take advantage of it as this game, England against Scotland on Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern. We mentioned the Croatia Czech Republic's earlier before that, Sweden, Slovakia on Friday. But let's move to Saturday, Jimmy Connor, because there's some good games. I mean, Spain, Poland, 3 p.m. Eastern, but... My goodness, it begins. The day begins with Hungary against France. You would think this is a French win, but the one that we're all looking at, Portugal against Germany, noon Eastern, a big, big game. I mean, where do you want to go? I imagine gonna, <laughs> you want to start there, right? Okay, I'm just going to actually start with the lines on William Hill first, and then yep. I'll, we'll, okay. we'll break it down from there. They have Portugal as the second favorite at plus 225. To win it all. To, just to win straight up. Oh, to win straight up. To win straight two, up. Okay. 225. Okay. I don't know if I, did these bookies, <laughs> did they watch the games that these happen? So the draw is also 225 and Germany to win straight up is plus 128. Oh, man, I just, I find that really, really interesting. Now, uh, Portugal haven't lost. They're on a seven game unbeaten streak in all competitions. Yeah. But I should throw in there and I have it in my notes here. They have lost each of their last four international fixtures with Germany, including a 4-0 beatdown when the two teams last locked horns at the 2014 World Cup. Now, oh man, I, I, there was a quote from Joshua Kimmich, okay, uh, after they lost to France. And he said, 
It was, uh, what did he say here? We were not the worst team. We dominated the match. These are his words. And conceded a stupid goal to fall behind. How's that for throwing shade at Matt Hummels? <laughs> uh, and, and I think, I think, he didn't say that. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> I think I think a draw. He had been, it tattooed on his. He chest. had it that tattooed. I think a draw would have been deserved. Now, I'm going to have to agree to disagree with Joshua Kimmich. I do think that they came out and took control of the game and actually dictated the tempo much more than I thought Didier Deschamps and France. I just I was really surprised with that allowance of possession that yeah. France gave them because France can press and they, they try to press in spots, but they were just absorbing. They didn't really look all that threatening Germany. So I'll, I'll say that for one, two, Kylian Mbappe was eating those dudes alive. Kareem Benzema was, you know, they hit the post. They, 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 France should have scored maybe one or two more. I mean, we're talking inches on, on offsides. Yeah. You know, the that knee, the and then, yeah, the, yeah, it's, 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 I, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree to disagree. Well, I'm, listen, sure, I'm sure he's just saying that to kind of keep his guys. Yeah, of course. Up. I think part of it is mental games, right? But I, it's something that I say a lot, Jimmy, uh, there is a difference, everybody in possession and control. Mm-hmm. When you have the ball and you have the majority of the ball for the, for the, uh, for the game, like Germany did, you think that they're in control to Kimmich's point, right? Because right. they have the ball, et cetera. But that's not necessarily true. Because Didier Deschamps aside, when you have, first of all, such a talented squad and key here, N'Golo Kante, who not only protects your back line, but he allows players like Paul Pogba to counter and then Kylian Mbappé's pace, Antoine Griezmann, etc. That's control because Deschamps says, you can have the ball. The moment we get it, we're going to get you. And that, to me, is more of a dominant force as opposed to possession. Because we know too well, right, how a team can have 70% possession, all that stuff, but not win a game. And sometimes a French, this French team, I'm not saying everybody does this. I'm just saying that there's a difference between possession and control. And the French are so confident in their system that they allowed Germany to have the possession in order to counter. And to your point, they had some goals disallowed, et cetera. Granted, it wasn't like the most dominant performance of France. But they did control the game, I, I thought, because they knew their game plan. And they're right. so talented. And they have N'Golo Kante, which basically means that you have 12 men on the pitch. Yeah, it's, it's, those are all great points. And I agree with you that France, it was a great game to watch. Yeah, just, just for all the, the nuance and subtlety of the tactics. And, and I just thought that Yogi Love, the manager of Germany, potentially made a mistake by putting Kimmich who is arguably one of the best central midfielders in the world out wide as a wingback. Yeah, no, I, I just agree. feel like you, you, he's good at whipping in crosses and, and he was still trying to create stuff out there, but I just feel like he's a little bit more effective in the middle of the park. And, and I wonder if they somehow shift that in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk this game then. Portugal, Germany, what do you have? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I just think that to use that game one more time, Germans are vulnerable in the break and they don't have a lot of speed. And when you look at Portugal, Cristiano Ronaldo's not going to outrun anybody anymore, but he's obviously good at creating space and, and getting on the end of things. Uh, Diego Jota, I thought, was very, very busy against Hungary. He had some good opportunities, especially early on. I actually like him to score. I'll give you guys those, that, uh, that line in a little bit. Bruno Fernandes, obviously, pulling the strings. I mean, they got so many good players. The thing that unlocked Portugal, though, was bringing on Renato Sanchez. When he came on in the 80th minute, it was 0-0. 10 minutes later, it's 3-0. Coincidence? I think not. Luis. So, so I wonder if, if they're going to stay with a double pivot, 
and have Danilo and, and Carvalho in there, or if they're going to leave just one and allow Renato Sanchez potentially to come in mm. and drive the game a little bit. I thought Renato Sanchez, for, for all the fallout that he had at Bayern Munich and didn't really play to his potential, still a very young player, quietly very good at Lille this season to help them win Liga. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to start. But when you look at that back line, even without Cancelo, because he's out, Got Semedo, Pepe, Ruben Diaz, Rafael Guerrero, who scored in the 84th minute. I mean, they just can hurt you in so many different ways. So many ways. I just don't know if this is that straightforward. But everything I'm seeing with the bookies, all oh, the Germans, this, the Germans, that, they're going to do it. They're going to, you know, their backs against the wall. They have to get a result. And all that does play into it. But that doesn't necessarily guarantee that Germany is going to have that success. And I really feel like the back line is the biggest thing that hurts them, despite Mads Hummels being France's best player. With what a finish, by the way, over Manuel Neuer. <laughs> so, so, Let's not ahead. forget the set piece. I was just going to add, let's not forget the set piece uh, danger that comes from Portugal as well. I mean, never mind Cristiano Ronaldo. They're just, it comes from everywhere, everywhere. So I agree. I think if Renato Sanchez, uh, he changed the game and he allowed that eight minute blitz uh, against Hungary and then Cristiano Ronaldo, of course. And I think Ronaldo has a point to prove. I think three goals shy of Ali Dai. Obviously he's the top scorer ever in the European championships, but this is a good Portuguese team. I just, it's it's done for Germany at this point. It's going to be a good game. I don't think they're going to get destroyed, but I, I see a Portugal win. But okay, it's that so, score we can go again, though, right? Well, here's the thing. I mean, yeah, really the safe thing is just, just maybe put these in a parlay, whatever, whatever result you're feeling here, based on what we're saying or anything else that you're hearing. There's a part of me that wants to lean to the draw and under two and a half goals. You know, uh, Portugal doesn't necessarily have to string themselves out too much. I think draw would be okay because they already have that, that first win under their belt. So you could go draw it under two and a half goals plus 310. But if that's not the worst, worth the risk, excuse me, then just take the draw a straight up at plus 225. I will say though, if you wanted to bet the under and kind of get that in your corner, if you bet the draw and under two and a half goals plus 310, but if you thought Portugal, to your point, LME, wanted to win and under two and a half goals, so you have one zero and two zero, yeah. plus 525. What? Uh, yeah, that, that crazy. Plus 525. This is still Germany. <laughs> like <laughs> I know. I, I get it. I, I just, it's really interesting. I think, but when I look at the predicted 11s, you're going to see that. I hope we're probably going to see the wingbacks again. But when you look at Matthias Ginter and Hummels and Rudiger in the back line, it's just, they're just not fast, you know? And now you're asking other players to maybe do other work. And then if you have Gundogan and Cruz sitting right in front of that back three, those guys aren't fast either. So, so you know, they put Kimmich out wide, I thought, to try to neutralize killing Mbappe, right? Just to try to stack him up in some ways. That didn't necessarily yeah. work to too much effect. Now so you, I'm curious. Yeah. I feel like Yogi Love's going to, this is, might be his last, if he loses this one, they might not get through. Now there's still a chance they can beat Hungary by a certain amount of goals if they keep this one close and beat that. Be one of the top four. Yeah, one of the, that's yeah. possible too. We saw Portugal sneak in in 2016 yeah. and go on yeah. to win it. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility, even if they lose this, but they have to lose it very closely. So I'm looking at those two and I can bet those two draw the draw and under and Portugal to win and under and still make money based on whether one hits. Yeah. I do want to throw a shout out to uh, Diego Jota. I think that he was very busy. He found himself in great spots, even though I see Cristiano Ronaldo basically yelling at him every single time that Jota doesn't play the ball to him. He does it to everybody. I think he's going to be sniffing around. His energy looks very like peak Liverpool when he was just scoring goals for fun in the Champions League. I like him to score anytime. Plus 280 is insane value for him. If you want CR7, you know, he takes the penalties, all that type of stuff. Plus 110 for him to score anytime. That's not bad value either, but I'm really looking at Jota for whatever reason. No, I like that. I like that. And I, as you mentioned, he likes to drive the chains. He likes to move along, be the conductor, so to speak, uh, as well. So you could look at that. And listen, I, I see how about exact score lines if, you know, let's go back to that Portugal winning one nothing. What would that look like? 
Yeah, give me a second. I have the only reason why I say one nothing, everybody, is because I I don't I don't know if I see <laughs> a German goal here. I, it sounds weird, but I just don't see it. And to your point, everybody's saying Germany needs to win this. Like, of course, they they, they have to go all out, but there's nothing about them going forward that makes me think against a very stout Portuguese side that they could, you know, they might not score again in this one. I don't, so I'm wondering another one, nothing loss. I'll give you the top five correct score. Yeah. Okay. okay. Draw the draw one, one is the favorite plus four eighty. That's very Ger- Germany winning one zero is plus six fifty. Portugal okay. winning one zero plus seven fifty. Seven fifty for one nothing Portugal, everybody. I know Germany two one plus eight hundred. Draw <laughs> zero zero plus eight hundred. And I want to see if you thought Portugal would win two one plus yeah. nine fifty. Oh, guys, g- grab four of your favorite. I, I understand. I, we're, we're on the same page here, Alamy. We're on the same page. Grab four. Yeah, grab your four favorite score lines, including the favorite, plus 480. And if that hits, you're still up. Chances still of probability. Up. Don't do nil-nil, though. That's not happening. <laughs> do you think? Do you, no. Would that be one of those? I don't think so. I don't know. I'd have to think through. <laughs> All right, pick five. <laughs> no, 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 I would do 1-1. One, 2-1, one. One, uh, both sides. Both, yeah, both sides. Both sides. I know, no, one. I don't see Germany. Let's do one, one, two, one, Portugal, one, nothing, Portugal, and then take your fourth. Yeah, so you got one, one's 480, Portugal, one, zero, 750, Portugal, what would you say? Two, one, two, one, yeah, plus 950. That's then, ridiculous. Yeah, I, I would maybe go with the draw zero, zero, plus 800. Oh, okay. So you would include that one. I what? would include it just in case things got really tight because well, ultimately, both teams, both teams can look at this game going, hey, we're cool with the draw, you know, what's, I mean, that, what's that nil, gives nil again? a chance against Hungary in the last game. And that just gives um, Portugal enough to have to get basically scrape with France. And what's know, a and stalemate that, again? What is that? The zero zero is plus 800. Oh, come on. Yeah. Put it in there. All right. Yeah. All right. You're set. Guy, we're giving you gold here. <laughs> uh, well done, Jimmy Connor. Right, let's keep going. Cause we got plenty more quick on France, Hungary. I mean, that's a, that's just a big win for France. Yeah, it's, it's so one-sided. I think if you wanted to consider that game, I would put, France in a parlay as a win and, and maybe look for something there. That's All right. Well, talk to me about Spain, uh, Poland, and Robert Lewandowski against uh, Luis Enrique's side. That's 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Talk to me very quickly about that one because we still have Sunday games as well. Yeah, Spain, you know, La Roja, they have a 100% winning record against Poland since 1959. The last encounter these two teams played in 2010, it was a friendly but still 6-0 win for Spain. Uh, they've scored two or more goals in every single meeting with Poland. Uh, it's been 22 years since the polls have scored a goal against this opponent. <laughs> <laughs> but but I will say Poland are desperate. Obviously, they they lost to Slovakia. Surprisingly, Robert Lewandowski, pretty non-existent, all things considered. They lost one of their midfielders, Krakowiak, to a red card. That's going to be a big loss for them going into this. Spain, Spain on the other side, though, they, they set a record for most passes, completed passes in a Euro game or whatever, something wild. 75% possession, couldn't score. Very Spain-like performance. I, I'm curious, uh, Gerard Moreno didn't start. And, and he came he on. He, he, I think he should. And I think Morata maybe can come off the bench here. We'll see what Luis Enrique decides to do in terms of confidence. Morata seems like a big confidence guy, so you might want to stick with him. But if Moreno starts, I like him to score first at plus 320. Against all the expectations, he did it in the Europa League final for Villarreal. He scored that first goal, which ultimately proved to be the winner against Manchester United. I thought he was really lively against Sweden. And he's got five goals and 12 international appearances. And not all those international appearances were starts. So his rate of return at the international level is pretty good. So... 
if he starts, just keep an eye on Gerard Moreno, maybe looking for some from action. He's going to be in and around the ball for sure. And Poland love to give up goals. Listen to this stat. They're on a four-game winless run. They're winless in seven of their past eight. And they've conceded two or more goals in six of those games. And the sole win out of those last eight, LME, was against Andorra. And that shouldn't even count. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, that doesn't, that doesn't count. That, that's just so, for, so that's just it, for it, the stats. It's it's. I'm trying to decide whether I think Spain's going to be clinical enough to get a lot of goals or not. So Spain winning in the over two and a half goals is the favorite at plus 100. I could see it. I don't know. It's tough. Spain in the under is 240. But like I said, you know, Poland. Well, just gamble on both, I think. I guess you could. You could. The draw in under two and a half, just to throw it out there, was plus 460, which I don't no, think No, I don't see happen. a draw in this. I, I see Moreno, Moreno scoring. I see the 2-1 for Spain, but possibly a one nothing. Hey, how about if you had a Jordi Alba cross assist or something? Like, I feel like, I don't know. Here's the thing. Spain need to learn from this. They can't just hold the ball, possession, 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 and then not do anything about it. And to your point, Moreno statistically is doing well in recent matches. Start him. Just be a little bit more clinical. And this is a Poland side, like you said, who concedes. So 2-1, one, one nothing. Spain, Jordi Alba assist, Moreno goal. How are we looking with that one? Yeah, Jordi Alba, they won't give me the assist. I mean, no assists in this. Maybe a goal game. then. Maybe a goal. You never know. Jordi Alba for a goal? I, I mean. Like why not? Okay. Anytime goal scorer Jordi Alba is, oh, he's plus 600. That's that's a shout. I like that. Cheeky bet. So, so. Another one that I like is Lewandowski to score anytime plus 160. That I feel like that line doesn't exist. Anytime you see Lewandowski in any game, usually it's in the negative because he's so good at scoring. But with Poland, yeah. obviously, it's a little bit harder. Without Krakowiak, it's going to be even harder for him to get the ball in meaningful areas. But just to bring up the ball on door chat, I feel like voters are going to say, well, Lewandowski didn't do it with Poland. You know, he couldn't. Eh, you know, we're, we're going to give it to somebody else. And, and that sucks because I think we all can agree that he's deserve the ball and door in some capacity. No, I agree. Due to the I pandemic. agree. So maybe he's going to have that, that, that thirst or drive. He's only going to probably get one or two looks against a good Spain defense. So it's a matter of whether he can finish those. And we've seen that he can do a little or a lot with a little, I'm kind of looking at exact scores just to throw this out there. Spain to win two zero plus four ninety. Spain one zero five fifty. Spain three zero, which I don't think will happen, but plus seven hundred. Spain two one plus seven fifty. So you could. That's again, the one I like. Lewandowski will get a goal, but Spain will win. Well, then you can hit both of those bets. You get the yep. plus one sixty. Well, the there you go. There you go. All right, let's keep moving. Sunday, I mean, we've we started with uh, talking about Italy. They now face Gareth Bale. And Aaron Ramsey and Wales. That's a noon kickoff on Sunday. And then Switzerland, Turkey. I just want to focus on a a anywhere there, any lines from both those games, uh, anything that you want to tell me there? No, I mean, when I look at this game, these games in particular, I'm kind of just looking at potentially a parlay, a little fun parlay parlay yeah, there you on, go. on a Sunday. Uh, Sunday, fun day parlay. I, I just don't think you're going to slow down on Italy. Now, Roberto Mancini can... Can look at the squad and obviously Wales with a with a win and a draw could overtake Italy for the top spot. I don't think they're going to want that to happen. Italy maybe rotates. I'm kind of curious uh, what what the player selection is going to be. Locatelli obviously doing bits, but if Verratti's healthy, you want to get him some minutes before you maybe risk him for the round of 16. This could be a good time to do it and put Locatelli on the bench, even though he's a he's the hero at the moment. I could see a draw in Italy Wales. Both of them feeling like all right, done and dusted. We're going to roll out our teams just to kind of relax. Uh, so if you put that plus 285 for the draw on that one, though, Italy, the heavy favorites, minus 210. Switzerland, Turkey. I mean, the Turk Turkish are they're terrible, dude. What happened to those guys? They were amazing. <laughs> coming so, into annoying, the tournament. so Swiss oh. are the heavy favorites at minus, minus 145. I don't know. It's it's 
And Switzerland have to go all out because I feel like if they go all out and yeah, then, they can still get the third place. And Italy really beat Wales badly. You ne- you never know. Well, they, even know. even at four points because they have the draw yeah, with Wales. Four, if if they get the win against four. Turkey, you're right. So let's say we we go a draw. If we have the draw of Italy Wales, which we definitely could see, and everybody right, Italy wins the group, Wales gets second, and and Switzerland beat Turkey. All three of those teams will definitely go to the round of 16, or I'm mm. looking at Switzerland in particular. So if you have the draw, because I think there'll be some rotation squad, which means they could lose some flow and rhythm with the Italians. There's no reason to risk everybody and rest like a Benucci, a Chiellini, those types of guys. Then, then, and then Switzerland, to your point, have to win to go to the round of 16. I like that there's that urgency in Turkey. You're just playing for pride at this point. That's plus 551 if you go with the draw and, and then a win with Switzerland. So I, I'm just for value. If I listen, if I go with both wins, it ends up being plus 149 if Italy to win in Switzerland. Yeah, no, that's, that's not that's enough. That's not as fun. That's like, not enough. It's called gambling for a reason. Let's, exactly. let's risk it a little bit. And we're not you know? telling you to bet your house on it. Just put 10 no, bucks on it. Just 10 I mean, bucks. Yeah, you're going to waste it on yeah. something stupid anyway. You might as well just do this. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So there you go. There you have it. Well, that's our weekend preview of Euro 2020. Jimmy Conrad with the gold there. I absolutely love it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, just some Copa America chatter. Because, yeah, guess what? There's more football going on. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step. The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing To grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Kigo Lasso here with Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy, we keep talking Europe, but Copa America, I know that we have our conflicted Thoughts about the tournament, but the game must go on. And Friday has some good games. Chile face Bolivia. Chile, who are without Alexis Sanchez for the group stage, but Arturo Vidal still doing his thing against Bolivia, who you got to feel for them because uh, they're missing Marcelo Moreno, who is their all-time top scorer, such a force. And then later, later on Friday, Argentina against Uruguay, Lucho Suarez against Lionel Messi. And by the way, in the weekend, we have some Sunday games as well as Venezuela face Ecuador and Colombia against Peru. Where do you want to go, my friend? We got to begin with Argentina, Uruguay, I guess. Yeah. What do you think about that one? A hundred percent. I, I, 
What I find interesting about this one is that the Argentinians kind of played to their stereotypes a little bit as a national team where Messi's going to do his thing. Messi's going to create a bunch of chances. Messi's going to score a sick free kick. Nobody they can't can get on hold the, a lead. They can't hold a lead. Their defense just like chipping all over themselves, you know, and whatever you might think of the penalty, the fact that Argentina just continue to find them. I mean, my, there's, there's times when I watch the Argentina back line and I'm like, just can you turn on the circus music? <laughs> the Benny Hill stuff. The Benny Honestly, Hill. I feel like Messi, Messi's yeah. probably got that music in his mind. Like, here we go, hands on his hips, watching this whole thing unfold. Like, Jesus, my defense is terrible. But so, so with that in mind, I do think that Argentina are going to score. I, I do. I think they're going to create some opportunities. That said, Uruguay are welcoming back Edinson Cavani. He was suspended for the last two World Cup qualifiers. Both of those were 0-0 affairs. So with Cavani back on the team, and it was against Paraguay and Venezuela, respectively. So it wasn't like they were the, the powerhouses that they were drawing 0-0. It was against teams that they probably should beat yeah. uh, on, on paper, for sure. So with Cavani back in the team, I think it makes them, obviously, a little bit more dynamic, his partnership with Luis Suarez. This is their first match of the tournament, by the way. Yeah. And, and Argentina, so I don't know. It's, it kind of depends. We could, we, could, we could sit here, and you guys listening could probably say the same thing. Well, Argentina are kind of in that game speed now, right? They, they're kind of caught up. They had that first game under their belt. The nerves are out or whatever there may be. And they just got on with it. And yeah, it wasn't a great result, but they, you know, they've already played. Whereas Uruguay, they haven't played. They might not have that sharpness, but they're going to be fresh. And so it's just, how do you, how do you spin that into kind of what you want to go? I just think there's the draw here and I got one, one is what I'm leaning towards that right now is, is plus two twenty. Okay. But there's, there's one other one that I think you guys should consider on William Hill. They have really good value for coming from behind to win or draw. Okay. Now, if you think that Uruguay is going to score for, if you think it draws, if you're feeling the draw in your heart, uh, and why wouldn't you? Uh, Uruguay, if you think they're going to score first and then Argentina comes back to win or draw, right? You have two options there. That's plus 380. If you think Argentina is going to score first, like they did against Chile, and then somehow the circus music comes in and they're going to, Otamendi going to trip and score an own goal or whatever it is, more than possible. And Uruguay comes back and, and ties it up. For Uruguay to come from behind to win or draw is plus 460. I... I, you could bet both of those and just kind of hope that. Oh, that that's where you go. I like that. I don't know. I just try to give you guys a different wrinkle because instead of exact scores, there's a nut, there's a ton of different little little things on William Hill that we can have some fun with. And this is the one I'm looking at. Now I can give you the exact score lines, but but this was I'm like, this this seems fun. That that is if you buy in that this is gonna be a draw. And and that has to start there. And obviously not a zero zero draw. It's gotta be one one or two two. I don't know. Oh, that's what you saw. I thought you were going to go in and give another sentence. Oh, yeah. Well, I can give you exact score lines. So, so 1-1 one, one is plus 475. Yeah. Argentina to win is plus 490. Yeah. The 0-0 zero, zero draw is plus 625. And Uruguay to win 1-0 is plus 750. Ooh. So you can Ooh. bet all four of those and pretty much have it covered. But obviously, if any of them score two goals, then these those all four of those are out. So no. I don't know. It's 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 There's some sauce there. I will say Messi scoring any times plus 130. That's that's crazy. That's pretty good because all you got to do, as we saw in the first opening game, uh, is just give him a look. Just a little bit just of a, a reminder for everybody in Copa America. Because there are no guest nations, it's two groups, five and five, CONMEBOL only. You have to basically try to not get to the knockout <laughs> stage. It's four go through, the fifth doesn't. And in group uh, B, which is where Argentina and Uruguay are in, uh, Paraguay lead with uh, three points. They got their win. Uh, against Bolivia and Argentina, uh, they drew their opening game against Chile. Uruguay, by the way, have not been that impressive in World Cup qualifiers. They haven't been bad, but they haven't been great. 
It's, you know, Brazil aside, everybody, and Argentina, you couldn't make an argument that they're next. Aside from that, it's honestly a toss up. Everybody's really vulnerable and they have opportunities. So, but to your point, it's their debut in Copa America. Cavani comes back. I don't see one either way. I like the draw and I like Argentina to come back in this one. Uruguay to lead first and Argentina to come back in this Plus one. Plus 380 for that. I will say the draw feels enticing as well because they also had a 2-0 lead against Colombia in their most recent World Cup qualifier and gave up that lead. Yeah. Right. So so there's an argument to be made for Uruguay to to somehow come back. But you could go you could bet both of them and 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 even if one of them comes back and wins, you know, and not just a draw, but you have you have that covered as well. That's what I like about it. It gives you gives you a couple different looks and you're not risking that much. I mean, ten dollars for Argentina to do it, you win thirty-eight. You ten dollars on Uruguay to do it, you win forty-six. Yeah. Uh, I I I just think there's gonna be some action here, and one of the teams will have to come back and draw, and now you have them all covered. You almost you almost cover every angle here. Yeah, no, absolutely right. All right, the other one I uh, wanted to quickly talk about is uh, Colombia uh, against Ecuador, right? Is that the one that we're talking about? Yeah, I'm just looking. No, uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Venezuela Venezuela against Ecuador, and then Colombia uh, faces Peru. I don't want to touch on Colombia-Peru for a second because uh, we're taping this after, before Peru-Brazil. Obviously, uh, you know, that game we have to figure and analyze, but... The issue with Venezuela, everybody, they've just been absolutely plagued with COVID. Uh, you know, about 11 players, 12 players in the squad are not part of it, staff members as well. And Ecuador, um, who, you know, lost just one nothing to Colombia, are going to come into this one feeling with a little bit more fire, and they're a very good team. They just sometimes don't show it because they're raw and they're a little young, but they're very good. I don't see, sadly, anything other than an Ecuador win in this one. What, what do you say, Jimmy? Yeah, given the fact that Venezuela are so decimated, they didn't create too much against Brazil in their first game, which you can't not, blame not, them. Not a big they surprise. had to put together a team player. with a Band-Aid in the opening game, yeah. Yeah, so the, the the line that I would look at, if you guys are interested in this one, is Ecuador to win, and to win to nil, to win with a clean sheet, plus 140. Ecuador are the heavy favorites, but if you're trying to find some positive value... That's the best. I don't. I just don't see Venezuela scoring. I don't. I just don't think they have any rhythm or flow. And obviously, that makes sense when you lose twelve of your players, most of them starters. So, I like Ecuador to win uh, with a clean sheet plus one forty. Yeah. No, I like that too. And hey, everybody, that's it. You can't listen. Jimmy brought you gold today. This is a great weekend preview. I love it. There's so much more action to come. Jimmy Conrad, before we say goodbye, any final thoughts, my friend? No, I just appreciate doing this with you, LME, and for everybody listening. And and have some fun this weekend. It should be a great weekend of games. And I hope all of your bets hit. Well, because you're the prediction G-O-A-T, I believe that <laughs> uh, at least one of them. We gave you so much gold. So yeah, much gold. One out, of, one out of 50. I think I've got it locked in, Luis. I'm hey. going to get one of them for sure. Chances of probability, baby. <laughs> JC, thank you so much, brother. Thank you, LME. Hey everybody, I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review, as well as Spotify. Please follow us there. We're also on Stitcher. We're on cbsports.com and your CBS Sports app. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash where you can see so many videos, so many interviews, past, present, and of course, we have plenty more to come. Have a great day great weekend. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 